Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have a great show for you this week. The main event are known to their fans as the Psychic Soulmates, but to the magic community, they are known as Masters of the Q&A Act, Anthem and Aria Flint. They discuss performing professionally with your domestic partner and a whole lot more. Nick Lacapo joins me on the show to discuss the featured product of the week from Dan Harlan. Before all of that, sometimes I like to bring a juggler on the show just to keep everyone here in line. Scott Neary is a master juggler, comedian, and amateur magician. He's performed around the world and for some of the biggest corporate clients. I wanted to get his take on what his favorite magic is because sometimes us magicians need to hear an outside perspective and in keeping with the rules and standards of the show I only give him five minutes up first is Scott Neary with the top five under five Scott Neary thanks so much for joining me here on the penguin magic podcast for the top five under five let's get into your top five tricks in under five minutes hit me with number five number five is the linking rings I just I love the I love that um, if you do it really well, it can people think that they know how the secret is that mm-hmm. other people use. They, they go, "Oh, I've seen that done with a broken ring before." Yeah, and if it's done really well, I was I was trained by a classic magician who like really just taught me how to be super smooth with it, mm-hmm. and it just it becomes so such a graceful trick, and not just about the magic of it but it's graceful um yeah I really, the other tricks i really like yeah. the, I, speaking of the linking rings i just really like how even though we all sort of like know how it works occasionally you can do it and we'll get fooled by it the the one that comes to my mind is tina leonard has a very cool move where the ring passes through her shoulder and you're just like there's no way that this could work because the key <laughs> is too small and then watching uh Michael O'Brien do it where he's like linking a bar blade onto a ring and then still linking stuff. And you're just like, that's not possible. Yeah. It's just an area of innovation. That's great. This is awesome. Hit me with number four. Misled. Oh yeah. Pencil through dollar. It's just so straightforward and beautiful. And that's most of the, most of the tricks that I like are either imp- improvisational, mm-hmm. something very practical and straightforward that doesn't look like a prop. It's, uh, there's a reason that Copperfield chose that to do it on television is because it looks amazing, but it's still really easy to do. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful, uh, you know, penetration effect. It's so good. Yeah. Let's move on. I I love hippity, hippity hop rabbits. Number three is hippity hop rabbits. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. I was, (laughs) I was not expecting that linking rings, misled hippity hop rabbits. All right. I'm going to need an explanation for why hippity hop rabbits is on the list. When when I was a kid performing uh, magic, I like my teacher, he had, he went to Chavez and he had like amazing dexterity, but then he also had this basement full of self-working tricks and hippity hop rabbits taught me so much about like, children's comedy mm-hmm. and like what it how simple it can be to trick somebody and i loved the turn of it that mm-hmm. like surprised all the adults it just it like it's so pure and stupid at the same time there is something about those big wooden weird children's props that have like no basis in any other magic show that is yeah. that can just like fool adults and kids like there's a reason that stuff lives in family magic shows yeah totally all right i love it uh, i i can no longer predict where this list is going give me number 2 <laughs> 
the next um the next one is the mate is matrix um okay which is but which matrix or just matrix oh, in general man i don't know i like dave david roth mm-hmm. says name. <laughs> 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 i'm like so in and out of magic yeah. no um, <laughs> matrix is very beautiful i i particularly like the translocations where it's barehanded the one that chris corn does is the one that jumps to my mind but also any matrix with like a flashback where like all four coins are in one corner and then they jump back to the corners really quick is also very pretty that stuff's amazing but mm-hmm. yeah i just like um and chinka chink is another one that's it's similar to that right it's like hands yeah. cover yeah coins. i think uh chinka chink was originally done with little uh almost like brass like weights they look like thimbles uh i know mm-hmm. that like uh i think michael amar did quite did it quite a bit uh but i've also seen it done with dice and sugar cubes yeah those are in the same category for me in there um there isn't there i I don't think magicians do enough of like transposition tricks usually Mm -hmm. i really like those things with yeah the i don't know i like that then my last one is david copperfield flying oh yeah i loved i loved it on tv and i saw it in person and then and i just like couldn't believe how beautiful it was and how it tapped into like my my dream of flying Mm -hmm. my dreams of flying were looked exactly like what he did so yeah I love that. david copperfield flying is just one of those there it's you need to see it to really experience it because when when people say oh he, he flies and, and, and i've heard people go oh it's a levitation that's really awesome no he flies <laughs> and there's like yeah. a difference between flying and a levitation <laughs> like there it's a different it's it's a it's a whole different experience and it's uh he, it's it's really amazing yeah the I love, and I love the background of it too. I love how, how hard he worked on mm-hmm. learning to dance for it and like the body mechanics of it and how much planning there is in every portion of that routine is just, is so beautiful. I, I totally agree. And, uh, Scott, thanks so much for joining me on the top five under five. What, what a beautiful and chaotic list. thanks so much to scott for joining me on the show you've got to check out scott's act if you ever thought to yourself can a man juggle pancakes scott answers that question with hilarious results you can watch more of his antics at jugglegood.com on to the main event anthem and aria flint are mentalists who specialize in the q a act where a performer stands on stage and is able to divine the answers to questions and envelopes they can't see inside of in addition to that they're romantically linked which poses an interesting on-stage and off-stage dynamic that i want to learn more about they sat down with me for a few minutes after we filmed their marathon-length penguin live lecture and now you get to join our conversation anthem and aria flint thanks so much for joining me here on the penguin magic podcast i uh just had the pleasure of hosting your lecture, which was uh, very interesting, really interesting stuff in the Q&A. But what I wanted to focus on is something I have absolutely no experience in, and that is performing with your partner. Yes. Uh, because, and, and when I say partner, I mean you two are sort of romantically and uh, socioeconomically linked. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I like him. <laughs> uh, so, A, let's start with how that happened. Um, yeah. You tell the story. You're the one who Yeah, we, we always, always tell the story the in our show. We love this. Um Yeah, because you do perform as the psychic soulmates and it's not just a put on. Like you 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 two are theoretically in love. Uh, theoretically. theoretically and literally, yeah. Literally, figuratively, <laughs> figuratively all, the way. all and above. Um how it all began was 
Um, and, and I'll start even beforehand so that you can kind of understand how weird and magical this is. Mm-hmm. I was flying to Blackpool, England when I got a call from my ex-girlfriend that it was over. Mm-hmm. And I land in Blackpool, and I get a call from someone I haven't heard from in years. An old friend, has no idea what's going on in my world, no social media, no way of knowing what my life is like. And she goes, hey, how you doing? Like, terribly. She says, well, you know what? When you get back to Denver, let's go on a picnic uh, with my dear friend. And I came back. We went to Red Rocks, and that was where Aria and I first met and started connecting and we gave each other tarot readings and immediately became really good friends. Uh, we went on a few little like friend dates where we were just in just the same out. group together, yeah. but it slowly started to become, okay, yeah, let's just start going out for meals. Let's go to Denny's at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it slowly became very clear that we loved each other. Uh, on the night, which is almost seven years to the day. Yeah, yesterday was our... Was there seven, seven year, year anniversary. anniversary? That was you were so for the listeners. Uh, Anthem and Aria were supposed to come in uh, a day before and film their lecture yesterday because I had actually known about this and planned it, uh, which is a total lie. I didn't. I didn't do that. That was. Uh, <laughs> it was just the way the dates fell. Yeah, but it was special to us. We were like, yeah, we're gonna film on our on our uh, anniversary, anniversary. Cool. but we had an it's airport okay, date. Yeah, we did. Um, so oh, oh gross. Yeah, it was not. <laughs> oh gross. That's funny. Yeah. So uh, we uh, seven years ago, almost exactly, mm-hmm. we told each other we loved each other, and as we shared our first kiss, Arya suddenly had this crazy idea. She reached into her purse and she produced an envelope, mm-hmm. and inside that envelope was a list. That list described a person. Mm-hmm. It described me exactly, and I don't mean like oh that's quaint and weird. I mean like. Whoa. She wanted somebody who loved all things magical. Duh. Mm -hmm. She wanted someone who was a musician. I'm an opera singer. I'm a jazz pianist. She wanted somebody who loved animals. I'm an animal activist. Uh, She wanted somebody who... Here's a good one. She Mm -hmm. wanted somebody who loved roller coasters. I'm a card-carrying member of the American Coaster Enthusiasts, and I've ridden over 100 roller coasters in my life all over the world. Uh, that is this is a this is a very specific list. And no. right. I'm beginning to think that she just uh she did like a one ahead on you in your relationship. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She pulled out a big old master prediction system I was just box. Like, yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. Um no, it's really weird because the uh this whole letter that he's talking about, I mm. had written this out and this was just like a little exercise I was mm. doing. I read a book and it was like, Oh, you'll never find your soulmate if you don't write mm-hmm. down exactly what you want. So I said, Okay. And I wrote it down and I stuck it in my purse and then two months later we met and I pulled it out and I was like, Read that. What yep. do you think of that, bud? And yeah. thus that was the beginning that of it all. So the so well thanks for the, the, the yeah. brief primary relationship. I think what what is interesting is when did you decide to start performing together? Because yeah. Oh really? Like almost immediately. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, in fact I would say within the first couple of days of our real relationship, we recorded a song together. Okay. So it was like, all you right, let's make art. Let's go. So, oh, so the, the decision was to perform together and you are musicians. And I'm, yes. uh, am I assuming that your first performances were musical and not magical? No, they were magical. Oh, the, really? The oh, first, okay. We did it. Remember? We yeah, did we, a show in your garage. Right. We, I think we recorded this song first, but well, we did, then yeah. we really went hard on the magic. Cause I had already mm-hmm. started the groundwork for a code act, a telepathy act. Yeah, he already had, Mm-hmm. I thought this all out. I was just there. You, you know? were there, you <laughs> appeared, and I said, all right, swim, and I threw you in. And, uh, yeah, we did a show where you closed out the show with me doing telepathy. Yep. And that was really good. Mm-hmm. 
And so we're like, all right, let's go all in on this. I went to work on the cruise ship that uh, uh, that I was understudying for Dirk Losander on. Mm-hmm. And in that time, we perfected our telepathy act. And when we came back, we did our full show. That was just an iconic moment for us. because yeah. This really is you and Aria working on your telepathy yes. act on the cruise ship. So yeah, Aria, you are on the cruise ship. At, oh, you're separate from it. You're communicating. We separate. Yeah, we were okay. telepathically Right. Uh, I would hide really. index cards around the theater at night mm-hmm. and videotape myself finding the index cards mm-hmm. and saying the right words, and I would send the video to her, and she would practice. Oh, this is a very interesting way to learn a coding act. Oh, yes. It was all we had because he didn't have any service on the ship, so that's yeah. all we had to do. Right. Okay. So it was very much so a labor of love, but mm-hmm. when we came back, we just hit it hard, and we've gone in so many different directions over the last seven years. We've done musical magic, mm-hmm. we've done which I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan not of anymore. It's anymore. just it's just not my yeah. Passion. I, I feel like Jonathan Friedman's the only one who pulls that. Jonathan Friedman and, Go- and Andrew Goldenhurst are the only ones who perform that. Pull, pull, pull that off as far it's as I'm hard concerned. to pull. Off. I've uh, yeah, the opera singing and magic worked out well, but it didn't work out well enough. Um, so. We tried all that, and really, we discovered that we were the psychic soulmates, and we went all mm-hmm. in on mentalism, which was always my passion. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, seven years later, we are still Here reading are. minds. Yeah. So there are clearly a lot of advantages to performing together as a, as a couple because you have the ability. You, a you always have an assistance, uh, whether or not you, whichever one of you is the lead focus in yeah. the routine, you have somebody else to do. Uh, a lot of the secret work. I think Kyle and Misty Knight, I, I've, I've worked with a number of times, and I always like watching them perform because when one of them is out there commanding the stage, the other one is doing a whole bunch of dirty work in the back, and it's, it's really a lot of fun to watch uh, mm-hmm. if you're a magician. Yeah. And I imagine you two do something similar. Sorry to interrupt, but this week the show was brought to you by Dan Harlan's Hovercard Plus. Nick Lacapo joined me via Discord to discuss this sensational levitation. Nick, do you know what happens when Dan Harlan has a trick that's been out for a while and then Nicholas Lawrence takes it into his mad genius workshop? Uh, no. What happens? Hovercard Plus, that's what. Oh, that's right. That's right. That happened. That did happen yeah. that one time. That did happen one time. Hovercard Plus, if you don't know, uh, card selected uh, can be signed. You place it face up on the top of the deck and you kind of hold it chest level and then tilt the deck. And that card that is signed facing the audience starts to hover off the top of the deck and float in midair. And then you can pluck it right out of midair, transfer it to your other hand, show it on both sides, and then place it right back near the deck of cards suspended in midair and then float it back to the top of the deck and then hand it out to your spectator. The cool thing about this trick is that not only can you like pluck the floating card out of the air and then place it back in the air when it's floating, while it's floating, people think it's connected to the deck, you can take cards off the top of the deck so that you can prove it's not connected to it in any way. It's just a it's a really really nice update that just dramatically improves the power level. And you know, the old one, you could only float with the card face down. Now floating it face up like there's a lot of stuff to like about this uh this update to this trick. Yeah, funny enough, this is the original version uh, of Hovercard. <laughs> people always if, forget if, if that. People, yeah, so if if you are new to Hovercard, Hovercard existed quite a while ago. Uh and but the the, that's the reason why this is the plus version. The original version, the card 
was a force card and always and could not leave the deck of cards. It would float off the top of the deck and then float back to the top of the deck. But now it's kind of like a fully fledged routine. But funny enough, what it is right now is what Dan's original vision was for it. It's just that uh, the technology wasn't quite there in the '90s for for it to be uh, produced. So. Uh, yeah, hover card is, you know, so people ask me all the time, um, first of all, this isn't something that uses like invisible thread or anything like that. It's kind of a unique levitation. It's got its own little, its own little genre of levitation is what hover card is. And it is a trick that you can do like table side walk around. There are angles involved, but once you know how to manage them, which I go over on the instructional video. They're really not a big deal. So if, if, if you do want to add like an easy levitation to some of your close-up sets, hover card is a, uh, is a great, great option. It's a brilliant trick. And uh, I know it's a lot of fun for us to do at conventions and it's a lot of fun for us to perform for real people. And I know that the, the listeners to this podcast are going to have a lot of fun with it too. Check out Hovercard Plus. That was Hovercard Plus by Dan Harlan, available from penguinmagic.com. As always, the loyal listeners to the show receive 25% off when they enter the special discount code at checkout. This week, that code is FLOAT. That's FLOAT, F-L-O-A-T, for 25% off Hovercard Plus this week only at penguinmagic.com. Now, that discount is only good for Hovercard Plus and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Anthem and Arya Flint. When one of them is out there commanding the stage, the other one is doing a whole bunch of dirty work in the back, and it's, it's really a lot of fun to watch uh, mm-hmm. if you're a magician. Yeah. And I imagine you two do something similar. Um, what are the what are the more difficult areas where, for, if anyone was thinking about having their romantic partner become their also professional partner, because that is what you are, yeah. uh, what are the more difficult areas of that that you have to overcome? Okay, there are a few, and I would say... I think our biggest issue with performing is scripting mm-hmm. because it is it's kind of hard to feel genuine on stage and have some sort of banter going on between the two of you mm-hmm. without it being like weird, you know. Right. I've seen other good. um other duo acts that don't have their script tight 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 mm-hmm. and it it, they talk over each other a little bit too much sometimes, and it, it just feels a little discombobulated. However, on the other side of that coin is telepathy acts that are so over-scripted that they feel robotic. Yeah. yeah. So finding that balance I'm not saying is a we've massive challenge. really found no, the perfect it, balance it's, in It's any always way. evolving and changing. Yeah. Well, it seems to me that the first part of any of that problem is recognizing that it is an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely difficult. Um The other thing, I'd say if somebody was going to bring in a romantic partner, because I do see people doing it all the time. People have come up to us before at conventions and said, oh, you know, I I have my girlfriend and um, we're trying to learn this this Mm -hmm. code Mm -hmm. and um, like, what are your you know what what are your tips and like well does she want to yeah, right. like <laughs> yes. like does she even like magic or do you just need a, a partner to work with on stage i think that's the biggest thing because i i love magic mm-hmm. i've always had so much love for magic since i was small mm-hmm. and so for me i mean i this was, I was a natural this was a natural thing for you this you, you already wanted to do it I wanted to do it, and I never thought it was 
possible. And then when we met, it was I was like, yeah, heck yeah, please put me in your show. I'll be your little assistant. And he was like, no, you're not my assistant. You're my equal. And I was like, ha sold, married, let's go. <laughs> so... Yeah. How do you handle the equality on stage? Uh, and and I, I asked that knowing that the, the magician archetype very much is strong masculine energy is the magician. And then the, if there's a woman on stage, she is always the assistant. And it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like that is the dynamic between you two. No. No. Uh, to deal, the, deal with the equality is kind of interesting because, first of all, it comes from knowing who your characters are. Mm-hmm. We spoke about this a little earlier, or Eric, in the lecture about mm-hmm. who we are. And for me, I'm very much so the psycho-spiritualist, the healer. She's very much so the witch, the friend. Um, and so we it's not that we're equal necessarily on stage. It means that we each we have something right to out. give. It's balance. Mm-hmm. Um, We're not trying to outshine each other. Mm-hmm. No, you, no. You, you work in different areas and have different powers. Right. And so yes. in service to the show, whatever the the specific power that is required to accomplish this or the specific set of qualities that is required uh, to convey the ideas that you're trying to perform, that that dictates who is in charge in that moment, at least on, on the stage. Yes. Yeah, and, and that is all happening, you know, in the scripting phase. Most of my scripts, I'm going to say, come from Arya's brain. Because she is a sponge. She just learns everything and sponge. anything. And so a lot of the routines and the scripting come from her own thoughts and ideas. And that gives not only her a chance to shine as a verbal performer, but mm-hmm. as a curator of curiosities and weird things in the world that we can use. Yeah. Do you perform separately at all? Hmm. There was a time when I was doing Christmas shows and stuff like that separate from you. That that was so early on. You know, I wasn't, I just wasn't at the level he was at for a while. So there were a few shows that he did, Mm -hmm. but not, not really. I mean, ever since we've met, we've pretty much just been doing it together. Do you, do you feel like it changes the types of material that you are going to be interested in and focused on because you are so inextricably linked as a double act that you're, you're not going to work on maybe this particular card trick or like a coin trick like this or a mentalism piece that is typically done in one, or is that more of like, this is the hobby portion of my relationship with magic. And this is the professional portion of my relationship with magic. Interesting. Um, I would say that we, like it's not separate you know if he has an effect and and that goes for me as well that we want to do solo on stage in the show we just build it in i mean if Mm. he's working on something um i i fully encourage him to you know stick it in the show so we can experiment with it and see and there's nothing wrong with having solo routines either and I, i think that we try to incorporate as many solo, well, not as many solo routines, but some solo routines because you do have to have some sort of individuality on stage. Yeah, and I think it's important to note here, though, that the solo routines are always opposite of each other in the layout of the show. There's a balance and a timing to it that makes sure that each character is introduced in their time at their time. I would imagine that that also makes for a 
good prop management and good stage management. Whereas if you have one person who is doing something in one, the other person can be setting something up, doing yes. some dirty work. Maybe you have something to an impossible location and that person has an opportunity to, uh, to Lance Burton that thing into whatever yes. area it's going. Exactly. Yeah. For us, it's not so much the work backstage and stuff like that. Cause a lot of illusionists are doing that stuff mm -hmm. for us. It's a lot of work on stage, stage. as the other one is speaking. Mm. Uh, because the greatest misdirection in the world is when I turn my head and look at Aria and she starts talking. Mm, no yeah. one ever looks at me. They look at her. They, uh, no one's going to see your hand go into your pocket or maybe you do a half pass so that you can get a peek or something like that. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, it's literally things like um, no-brainer prediction by Bill Abbott. You know, mm -hmm. taking care of some of the dirty work on that is completely covered by what Aria is saying. Right. And it, and it just works out because he's, I mean, he's the one that handles a lot of the slights. I have, I do, I'm not confident in, in sleight of hand very much, not really at all. I have shaky hands. It's just not my thing. He takes care of that. And I mean, I have bright pink hair and bright pink sparkly shoes. So <laughs> I am the perfect distraction. <laughs> I, I I should say if you purchase their lecture for nothing other than to see Aria's bright pink sparkly shoes, it Please. is it is well worth your money. We, we set up you. some shots specifically so that people can see the shoes because they are fabulous. Thank you so much. They're my favorite. Uh, we're about out of time here, but if uh, if there's anything that you could say to a, a potentially performing couple, uh, what advice would you give them? You go first. I think Arya hit it on the head earlier by saying, one, make sure you both have the same goal and desire to do it. That's number one. But once that's established, yeah. the number one tip goal that I can give is don't let other people get you down about it. I know that's such a weird thing, but we've gone to Magic Club meetings, and because we're a duo act, been spoken to and treated differently and in an almost a condescending kind of way, and I don't know why, but when people don't understand why two people are worth more than one performer or why um, anything about what you're doing, just go with it. Just keep being you, keep being the couple that you are, and don't let that stuff get in the yeah. way of just enjoying the journey together. You nailed it. Well, Anthem and Aria Flynn, thanks so much for joining us here on the Penguin Magic Podcast, and we can't wait to have you back for more stuff. It's our pleasure. That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Anthem and Aria for the conversation, and thanks to you for listening. Next week on the show, you asked for it, so we're going to give it to you. Nick Lacapo joins me back on the show for an entire episode. Are we going to do a top 20 snapshot? Are we going to tell road stories from our recent theater gigs? Are we going to preview some of the hottest magic? Will we finally discover out what happens when his hair and my beard are exposed to gamma radiation and the resultant monsters revealed to be the next big bad villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? You'll just have to tune in next week to find out. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform that you're hoping your parents don't find out about. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, jump into the Fortnite Battle Royale lobby. I'm the one wearing the Ariana Grande skin. I will not be taking any further questions. But if pop stars inexplicably giving virtual concerts and shooty shoot games is equally perplexing to you, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice. Please get vaccinated and wear a mask. I want to go back to the old sign-off. Thank you.